What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today on the podcast, we actually have a special guest and we are going to be interviewing him. And he has a lot of experience in this area, specifically in South and Southeast Asia. And we are going to be talking to him today. And his name is Mark Sylvester. How are you, Mark? Hey, Kamal. How are you, buddy? I'm good. I love the way you start your show. Today's the best day of your life. <laughs> I like to say that I'm, I'm in the middle of my dreams coming true. <laughs> Uh, and so tell me a little bit about yourself. How, how did you get started? Uh, how, well, tell me what you do in life and tell me about everything. Well, um, so in, as it relates to Southeast Asia, and cause I know that's what your show is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, cause I've done a lot of different things. People can find me at marksylvester.com and they'll, um, as most people do get surprised at all the different things I've done. But it was my um, software company, an animation software company started in 1984 uh, that created computer animation software for visual effects, video games, and industrial design is how I first got to go uh, to the pack rim, uh, actually to travel all over the world because we had customers everywhere. And uh, that's, that's what started it, getting to go uh, I would go on trips where I'd start in Seoul and work my way all the way through China, through Japan, through um, Malaysia, Singapore, down into um, uh, New Zealand and Australia, and then fly home. So that trip took me usually about 21 days. Wow. And I got to do that uh, four times a year usually. It was fantastic. So I guess from that response, you're, you're definitely uh, more of a traveling kind of guy. How's that, how's that life? How's the travel life? You know, um, it, I love to travel. I love meeting new people. Uh, with with computer animation, what was fantastic about it? It was so, you know, back in the in the nineties when I did, you know, nineties and early two thousands when I did all that travel, uh, it was so new to everybody. So everybody was still their eyes were really big, and they just loved having the founder of the company there showing them how to do things and how to you know, how to really bootstrap themselves. And at the time it was just with, you know, television stations doing flying logos for the news or sports, things like that. Um, they hadn't really gotten into visual effects for film yet. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's, you know, coming along now, yeah. uh, as well as electronic game design. And um, actually uh, I did a trip to Mumbai Yeah, and we met with um, a company your um, listeners may be familiar with called Tata, T-A-T-A. -T -A. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tata's huge. Tata Electronics. Tata, I mean, they're, they're kind of in everywhere in India. And they have a design firm. So they design automobiles and motorcycles and products. And so we worked with them to show them how to use computer-aided industrial design Mm -hmm. And then animation to be able to show how those new products were going to work before they actually made them. Wow. So 
you're like uh, a guru in 3D animation. And for something that's so like commonplace nowadays, it, it's like, it's really surreal to meet someone who like created what we use every single day. And so like, how, how is that? How is the feeling of knowing that you're the one who pioneered something that's so like in use today, that you're the one who created it? Well, I don't let it go to my head. That's for sure. Um, it was... 34 years ago in June of 2018 that we formed the company. And it was uh, an idea that I had as a result of, um, I went and listened to a lecture by the guy who did, one of the guys who worked on the movie Tron and one of the guys who worked um, at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. He would take and make art out of the uh, data that was coming in from the Voyager satellite. And I was enthralled with it. I was 30 years old and I said, I want to do that. And as I looked around, there was no way to do computer animation unless you were at a university in one of the research labs or in one of the very few um, studios where they were starting to do some pioneering work. There was, there was no, first off, the computers weren't ready uh, and there, there was no generally available software. And I thought, I mean, I wish I had a vision that what we ended up doing was going to be how it turned out. But it's like, I want to do computer animation. And one thing led to another and, and met some people. And it turned out that it made more sense for us to write our own software right about the same time Silicon Graphics came into being. And they were um, started by a Stanford professor who'd figured out how to do three-dimensional graphics on a chip because the way you do 3d you've got to solve really complex algorithms um, Mm -hmm. in fast and the silicon graphics machine was what we used we had serial number seven of that machine so back to your original question um well how do i feel about that i think i'm uh, the thing i'm most proud of Mm -hmm. is that uh, about 10 years in, I said uh, to, you know, our, our crew, we really need to get this technology out to students who want to get jobs in this field, whether it's as designers or animators or modelers or visualizers or data scientists. There's a lot of different worlds that use this kind of technology. I said, we should just give it away. And my, the whole company, the executive team freaked out. And I said, well, that's what Steve Jobs did, right? That's how he got every, all that max and everything into schools back in the day was, was giving it away or make it really low cost. And um, we finally negotiated, you know, amongst ourselves and we gave it away to every design school literally in the world that <laughs> asked for it. Um, the only thing was, is when it rendered an animation, it had a little watermark on there that said, you know, alias Wavefront on it. So it couldn't be used for production unless they bought a license, um, which was fine. But at one time, Kamal, we had 500,000 students wow. learning how to use Maya software at one time. And that, I think that's what revolutionized the market and went to having Maya be the industry standard that is today. That's really cool. So how has 3D animation kind of served as a segue into your, your travels? Into, yeah. um, 
Well, well, one thing I, I wanted to point out, your listener, your astute South Asian enthusiast, mm-hmm. will wonder about the name Maya because they'll recognize that oh, yeah, as a Hindu true. name, right? Yeah, it's true. So, so Maya is the belief that everything is an illusion, which okay. is a perfect name for 3D software. <sighs> yeah. Everything is an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the lead engineer on the project uh, was um, Indian, uh, living in uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so he gave it a, we get the working title was Maya and we couldn't ever come up with a better name than that. <laughs> and so that's what, that's what we kept. Um, the, the thing with 3d animation and travel was that, um, most of that work was pre-internet internet's 1990. I mean, it was before 1999, but it really started catching fire in 97, 98, 99. Uh, people were bragging that they had websites and, so the, the news didn't travel as fast. So you had to go out there and show people what could be done. And there were, if you think about the design world, the idea of using a computer to uh, sketch out a design, L- literally we, we invented the way to where you could sketch in 2D and then use that image and pull a three-dimensional object out of the two-dimensional drawing. We did that for Ford and General Motors uh, in conjunction with Art Center so that they could go from what we say from art to part very, very quickly. So you could take concept drawings and build concept models and, and mill them with milling machines very, very quickly. Um, but going out into the field to talk to people and show them this is radically disrupting how products are designed, how games are done, how, you know, think about a, think about a video game that has upwards of 10,000 different paths that can be traveled. Mm -hmm. Keeping track of that is, is really a challenge, but then modeling all of those environments and the behaviors and understanding the, uh, the, 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 uh, mechanical dynamics, which is called kinematics. Kinematics is the science of motion. Yeah. So uh, being able to um, have the software know how all of that works so that the animator doesn't have to pay attention to that. Animators don't know any of that. They just know <laughs> I, need, I need to move it in a certain way and the software's got um, to help them make that happen. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.